Welcome to Pookie Ponders, the podcast where I explore big questions with brilliant people. I'm Pookie Knightsmith and I'm your host. Today's question is, how can you be a good friend to someone who is suicidal? And I'm in conversation with Joe Heyman, who is the Managing Director at the Holocaust Education Trust. But for the context of this conversation, Joe is here as my friend. Uh, my name's Joe Heyman and I've worked in charity and youth sector my whole career and you and I met when I was chief executive at the PSHE Association. We're talking today because uh, you're my friend and the question is around how to be a good friend to someone who is suicidal and I'm quite, I am actually like quite yeah feeling all the feelings about this conversation. I think you wanted to start off by talking about yourself not being an expert and kind of putting this into a bit of context didn't you? Uh, I did, yeah. Just because um, I think it's I think it's important. Uh, like I, I was glad when you asked to have the conversation, and I think it's a if challenging, important thing to be able to talk about. Uh, but when talking about it, I just I want to say three things. First is I'm not an expert, um, and certainly as we as we talk, we'll I think it will come out that I was just a lot of the time making it up as I was going along and um, I think that's all right but I think it's important to be open about that I think being open is really important that's the second thing I wanted I just want to be as honest as I can be including about um, making mistakes and not knowing the right thing to do um, and my own fallibilities and yeah like all of the mistakes I would have made along the way Um, and then the third thing is I'm very happy to talk about things that I've done and hopefully that might be useful in some way uh, for someone but uh, it's the person who's feeling suicidal who's doing the hard work just to survive each day Um, and being a good friend is an important thing um, but the hard work's being done by the person who's just struggling to make it through the day. Why do you think I asked you to uh, talk to me about this rather than, you know, there's loads of people in my network who would be a, you know, an expert, if you like, in this, but I asked you. Uh, well, maybe because you're looking for some, something slightly different and you've got lots of people who've got kind of clinical expertise and, um, and you've got loads of clinical expertise yourself as well. Um, uh i guess there's a role for the other people in people's lives as well not who are not the professionals who are not the people who are actually going to go through the very sort of challenging and important clinical work that needs to be done um but can help and support the person who's going through that process maybe be the people who help get the people get the person who's struggling to the door of the therapist's office or the you know the support service or whatever it might be um and support them on the journey support them when they're wobbling um and i think that's a really really important role if even if it's not like the critical role which is the person who's got years and years and years of experience which i would never claim to to have or be able to replicate or anything like that at all um and i and i suspect as well that there's a bit of um the, the pro, like the professional and the kind of loving and supportive have to go hand in hand for there to be a way through for someone who is um, 
you know, at, at that stage, at a stage where they're considering taking their own life, thinking about taking their own life. Um, I kind of feel like the, the clinical support is how you survive, but it's not why you survive. Um, and I suspect, and you know, others can say better than me because I, I haven't been in that situation, but part of the reason why you survive is love not because of a clinical process that you work through. You, the clinical process is one you work through in order to survive, in order to love and be loved and all the things that make life worth living. But and you can probably answer that question better than Well, best why than did me. I ask you? I, there's lots of different reasons. Um, one, I think, is a, a, a kind of a personal one that this is obviously, you know, it, it, it will be a difficult conversation um, and there's a lot that's gone on and I don't understand it from anyone's point of view except for mine and even that's quite muddled because I spent a lot of that time quite dissociated and so there's a kind of and in, I'm interested uh, to talk to you specifically about it because you were there in a way that I wasn't um, but in terms of why I want my network to hear from you is because I think actually what you've identified in terms of you know perhaps not knowing what always to do and sometimes getting it wrong and kind of muddling through that's exactly what i'd hope to empower some other people to do so i think people are really afraid of stepping up and being a friend when someone's suicidal and i think it's okay to not know all the answers before you give it a try i guess and, that, and that's what i think yeah i think it's important that people hear that yeah i guess I guess you probably like from from my point of view anyway, you probably want to encourage people not to back away and to, to kind of go forward. Um, but also you probably want you probably then want to advise them to get some advice on how to do it the right way, um, so far as so far as it's possible. And you know, I'm not sure that there are any necessarily sort of any always any right or wrong answers but there's probably some things you probably shouldn't do uh with people who are who are suicidal um uh but i think like i guess the attraction to me of doing something like this is to encourage people at least just not to back away and not yeah. to be too scared um and also that there are ways in which you can get help and support to be the person who's given the help and support as well yeah yeah, I think that's a really important thing to look at. The, I think starting though with that kind of, I always teach that if someone is distressed and generally I'm thinking about children and young people, but you know, where we see distress that um, the, the kind of the bravest and most important thing to do is to run towards it. And that's exactly what you're describing, but it's something that when it comes to suicide, people feel really uncomfortable doing. And the reason that you stood out as a friend is because you didn't run away and rather you did run towards that distress even though actually the point at which that started we weren't close friends like we became close friends through that process but we weren't and I wonder why you know and it's, it's something we've explored before but why was it that you you helped why did you step forward I had hundreds of people in my life and very few of them did offer help actually in a meaningful way at that time but you did uh you haven't you've gone straight in with like the big questions haven't you yeah there's no warming me up or anything no. straight in there all right uh why i um i don't know well i mean i 
I care about people, I care about you. And I mean, you're right that um, we didn't know each other particularly well um, at the stage where it became clear that you were in a lot of pain and things were very difficult. Um, but like, it was, it was horrible to see you in that level of distress. Um, and I think I felt like I could be useful. Um, and I'm not sure that when we were kind of having the initial conversations, um, you remember like when we were in, um, Hatfield and Willing Garden City around, like around there at that oh, time, yeah. <laughs> um, like, I, I'm not sure I would have not envisaged quite how long and challenging a process it would have been, but I don't know, I saw you in distress yeah. and even in sort of initial conversations that we had about that it seemed to be that uh talking to me was useful in mm. some way um and you know you want to be you want to be useful um and i care about you and like i know situation you you know you got a family um and um i could only imagine how distressing that whole situation must have been and I think that must have been like put a huge strain on obviously put a huge strain on you but a huge strain on the family um and kind of feel like if I can play some small part um then I think that would be a useful thing to do I guess I I'd like to be useful I'd like to feel like I'm doing something positive um and like there's there's no entirely unselfish deed is there um and like I, uh, I'm sure I would have felt worse if I wasn't doing anything and if I was aware that you were in distress, that someone's in distress and that I could have helped and that I didn't. Um, and I also think on a very, yeah, like on a very sort of personal level, um, there's times in the past where I haven't been able to, to help and seen people I really care about. Um, suffer and not being able not being able to do something and that's something I've carried with me for a long time so when I see someone who who is um what's, what's the word I'm looking for who's like willing to let me in willing to take some support mm -hmm. um and for whom I can be useful then I'm like all right do my best I, I, Wellen, you just mentioned about Wellen, which I guess was a bit of a turning point in terms of my <laughs> descent into, oh wow, that was a, yeah. What's your memory of Wellen? So Wellen was a work trip, wasn't it? Um, you and yeah, my so we had, yeah, so we were having an all, all team sort of away, away night. So we, I think we went up after work, had the night, had dinner together and, uh, and then we were doing, you know, strategy, whatever, the next day. Um, and I don't know, I don't know exactly where I would, like, I didn't, I don't keep a diary. Like, I don't know exactly where that fits into everything else that was happening. But I think that was one of the initial times where I, I felt that I got the sense that you were in extreme distress. Um, and 
we sat on the bench by the station for quite mm. some time and uh i hope you don't mind me sort of mentioning this if okay, if, you, if you do then we can cuss it out later so it's fine <laughs> um but i think we were all having dinner together that night and the idea of oh. having dinner together was something that was distressing, distressing for yeah. you um but but i i mean i already knew that you struggled um mm. around food but this it was clear that it was more it was more than that um and but this was before the kind of the world had really picked up on that i was struggling with my eating disorder again i think it was hidden from me and i don't know anyway, yeah well you, well it, it might have been hidden from you but it wasn't hidden from me that you <laughs> did not want to have dinner with 14 people that night um and and then like, i and i and i get that but that i mean it was more than that mm. and you were obviously very distressed and i think you you talked earlier on about being uh having limited memory of that time because of dissociation and everything else yeah. and it, that was one of the times where i wasn't sure i was always talking to you mm -hmm. or i felt again hope you don't mind me saying cuss it if we can <laughs> but like sometimes i was talking to your demons as opposed to talking to you yeah um, and yeah i was i was worried um and there was a kind of there was a professional job that had to be done and yeah. I, you remember that we you know we did a lot of stuff about risk assessment and all of that all of that kind of thing it was like we did the hr yeah stuff. um but just like human to human mm. i was i was really worried about you um and i think in hindsight i was right to be worried <laughs> yeah my memory of wellen is was and, and and this is one of those where it's like is this an actual memory or have i planted it in my head it was like something from a film and there was some kind of epic storm and we sat in the rain and talked but i don't know if that was just my imagination oh there was a there was a storm yeah yeah for sure um but i don't think that we sat in the rain and 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 talks that yeah. I don't, or at least yeah. I, I don't remember that um what i remember is that we traveled up yeah. and you didn't want to go to this place that we were um we were all sort of staying together you were worried about having dinner together uh, dinner with the group um and as we talked you opened up a bit more about what was kind of what was going on with you um and then that evening, while some of our colleagues uh, sort of in, enjoyed the social element of it, um, and I think a couple of them did run out into the storm and enjoyed it, um, <laughs> you were quite, you were separate from the group. Mm. Um, you didn't want to have dinner with people, you were there, um, but you weren't there as well. You were present, mm. but not, like you were physically there, but not present, I think best way over there um and it wasn't just me supporting you like other colleagues were really good uh, yeah. around that time as well um, but certainly that was the time where i thought okay um she's got a lot going on that she's working through i think this we uh had um uh, our colleague nick who is a 
trained Samaritan and I remember you encouraged me to uh, talk to him actually didn't you as well and he was I did awesome. yeah I did and look, I mean partially uh, and maybe we'll talk more about that talk more about it but partially, partially that's because you know he's an incredible person and amazing and I would tr like I would trust him with anything um you know he's he's one of the good guys um but partially there were 13 other people there and I was chief executive and I like yeah. had other responsibilities to manage as well um and I think that's maybe that's one of the things we'll come on to not like I think we're talking about friendship rather than work but I think sort of managing someone who's in a sort of desperate position yeah. while also fulfilling all of one's other responsibilities is a is a challenge to be sure but yeah mm -hmm. uh, and like everyone everyone wanted to be supportive and everyone could see that you were in uh see that you're in distress um but i think you're more receptive to some people than to, to others and that's no disrespect to anyone else it's just um like i guess who you felt more, most comfortable talking to in that moment and that's still true now, I think, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I don't open up to lots of people. Um, and we've talked about this. I was talking to you before about how I, I've now opened up to my friend Arthur. And um, yeah, I'm quite open and honest about my kind of day-to-day -day struggles in terms of how I'm feeling and what's going on with my mental health. But there's not many people that I talk to about the kind of stuff that underpins it in the past. And those things are quite hard. Um, yeah so how did you like how you know through this one of the things i i'm kind of interested about i guess is is thinking about it from your point of view and how did you look after you and and how did it kind of feel for you and and that sort of thing i guess um well i mean we talked about this before um so like after after you, you suggested this idea then i've been in touch about 10 times saying i want to say this or i want to say that or this is what i've been thinking about um yeah it's really like it's it's really really hard um and this is one of the bits that i don't think i i got right was um sort of managing managing myself and i kind of think i'm i'm someone who i sort of pick up a, a challenge and um and then just sort of charge along with it without necessarily always thinking about uh, whether i'm doing it the best way or whatever i just i just like head down sort of slightly blinkered tunnel vision um and i mean i think i think i think if it's all right to be blunt in my head it was like okay we've got someone whose whose life is at risk here uh and therefore um if I can play a useful role in that, like I'm going to, I'm going to do that, uh, and kind of whatever it, whatever it takes. Um, you did though, didn't you? I mean, just from a practical point of view, because I've been trying to think about this. Like you were just there, like physically present, either in person or on the phone. Like whenever I asked you to be there, you somehow made that happen, and you were running. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah yeah um i mean I, d I think i might have kind of like th that can't actually have been true right because like, i've got lots going on in 
in my life and uh, like, I'm glad that you felt like that yeah. um, but that like that that and I can't I can't remember and I can't remember a time where I was like I can't speak to you because yeah. uh, I'm because I'm too busy but you know there would have been stuff going on in my life working professional personal whatever else um so uh you know I'm glad I I'm glad I created that that feeling and I think that that's I think just taking a step back I think like having the trust and the belief that someone is not gonna walk is not walking away from you is kind of there in spirit all the time I think yeah. probably makes you more uh it was like sympathetic if there had been times which there must have been where i wasn't available um uh but no i mean like i think just before sort of going on to like the practicalities of it sorry i got a fly buzzing around me um like i think lots of people when they hear about anything about mental health or they hear about someone who's had a bereavement or going through a pay painful time they feel uncomfortable yeah and I like I I'm a huge believer in people like I like people I think people are generally good but they can get scared yeah. and I think I think grief scares people I think pain scares people um I think mental health anything to do with mental health scares people and they don't want to say the wrong thing and and maybe like it touches on something that's going on with inside of them and so people can kind of go can either sort of retreat or yeah. just not come forward in the way that they they could um and i'm sure that sometimes they regress it as well when they don't but then they don't know what to do and um maybe think that they might make it worse if they came forward but i mean i think there are also many amongst us who will not do that and will come forward and I think that is an amazing thing that I've seen for a lot of people who've had distressing things happen in their life is that sometimes the people who they thought and expected would be there aren't always there or aren't always there in like the same that same level but other people do step forward yeah. um, and they form they form new and rich and important relationships as a result of that um, and I think probably the biggest thing that I've done in supporting you is not on an individual occasion but creating that feeling that all right whatever you're going to say I'm not backing away from you um, I'm not scared I'm not judging yeah. um, and therefore, yeah, like there must there must have been times that I wasn't available. Like this thing went on, I don't even know how long it went on for, but it went on for months, like months, yeah, like I don't know, mm. like a long time. Um, and yeah, and I think, but I think you, I helped build a sense of confidence in you that I wasn't going to judge you, I wasn't going to back away from you, I wasn't uh, like put off by what you were saying and let's be honest like this is dark stuff when you're talking about yeah. dark, when you're talking about suicide but i think i think some people are more capable more comfortable than others in those circumstances and like and that's fine but i think you felt comfortable so so now you remember that i was always there but that, <laughs> that like 
if we think about it, that can't be true. But I think the like the mistake the mistake that I made was like, okay, so there's someone whose life is at risk. She's got a husband, she's got kids, um, like she's got a family, she's got a huge amount to contribute, and it is and it is a life. And I and I do think like life is the most precious thing in the in the world. Um and uh so so like then i'm just in full-on like okay whatever it takes whatever i can do kind of thing but um that doesn't that doesn't mean you should negate your own well-being um and i think i think that is something probably that i did Mm -hmm. if i'm honest with myself And, and we've talked about this i think um there's been some like getting over it just from my point of view just kind of like healing from that because it was like it was really hard and as i said at the start it's the person who's going through you know thinking about ending their own life they're the one who's really really struggling but it's not easy to be on the end of that on the end of the phone either um and i think just thinking back to um that that kind of first time in it enlisting nick like one of the things i could much one of the things which would have been smart for me to do would have been to try to enlist other people and i think there were times where there was a sense that there's a very very small number of people to whom you felt you could talk and that puts an extraordinary amount of pressure on those people and actually that's based on the kind of fallacy because as you're seeing now everyone to whom you talk about what's happened in the circumstances that you're in like the network that you've got every like every time you tag me in and on in on a tweet about anything you get all these amazing messages of love coming through from all these people some of whom you know some of whom you've never met right yeah um and it's it's great uh how many how many followers have you got on twitter now 30,000 maybe that's it right so so there's a lot of good people out there there's a lot of people who want to hear what you have to say who like appreciate your your way which is about talking about really challenging issues and talking about the clinical side and like the professional side but i don't think you shy away from talking about your own experience either Um, i don't know but that is down to you again so it is well well like it's 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 down to you right like i i I, I can i can advise and support and encourage and cajole and all the rest of it like you're the one who a you've had the experience i haven't um and b like it's very easy to sit here and say oh pookie you should do this or that or whatever like if you're putting something out to thirty thousand people that's nerve-wracking if you're writing a book that's nerve-wracking if you're doing a video or podcast or whatever like it's nerve-wracking um and so like i can help and encourage but i think you should take you should take pride in what you've what you've done i think but that like 
but, but oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I just, I guess in terms of context, because a lot of people who would be uh, listening to this or watching this would only know the me that I present now. But of course, if we go back a few years to when we first got to know each other and when this all uh, kind of happened at that point in my life, although you know, I'd done a PhD in mental health and worked in the field, I never really talked about my living experience and I wasn't even acknowledging it in myself so the point at which you first picked up that things were really desperate I mean I remember vividly around that time um, going and delivering a talk to a room of 300 psychiatrists about the latest interventions in eating disorders and they were interested in what I had to say and they asked me to stay for lunch and I couldn't do that I just couldn't be around people eating and that was because the anorexia was taking grip again and I was it sounds so stupid now because it must have been so obvious if only I'd have looked but I was in complete denial about all of it and I never talked about any of it to anyone and so mental health was this thing I cared about it was a part of my past but I I didn't talk about my experience and you challenged me about that um and that's it I think we have different memories of this time but in my in my narrative it was a challenge from you, which was, you know, you, you have the potential to be a role model here and you can change the conversation if you are yeah. authentic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think, I think I did, I think I did say that to you. Um, and I said that to you, um, both from a kind of like a moral point of view, but also quite a cynical point of view as well. Like just on the, like on the cynical thing. Um, I think, and you have since demonstrated that there is a big sort of space gap in the market, however you want to say it, for people who are able to address issues in relation to mental health, but do it in a relatable way, like not a dry clinical kind of way, but in a, in a human way. And I think um, people, like people are receptive to that. Um, and that's obviously, working for you and i know that you now get asked to go around the country um i think you were saying that you you also do stuff uh, abroad as well like people are interested in what you have to to say um so like cynically from like a commercial point of view <laughs> um you know i think i was right about that i think from a moral point of view it wasn't just that i was encouraging you to live more authentically i thought I thought that you were doing the wrong thing, actually. I, I, I did, and I think I've said that to you before. Um, I thought that you were you were not following your own advice, and if you if one doesn't follow one's own advice, then I don't think. I think if one is giving it, one should at yeah. least say, actually, and just to say, I find this particular piece of advice very hard to very hard to follow um, myself and I think uh, I didn't think that that was I didn't think that that was right um, and I didn't think it was right for you but I also I was conscious even then that you have a following and amongst that following will be people who are grappling with exactly the issues that you're grappling with and like one of the challenges I think I sort of posed to you is like there might be a young woman who's 15 or 16 who is following you, reading your stuff, 
watching your podcast or watching your film your videos on youtube whatever and seeing someone who's like this perfect person who's like uh just do it like just sort of giving all of this advice like it's the easiest thing in the world to do and i know that you never you never did that i'm just like characterizing for effect um and actually i think there's far greater power um and far greater ability to help and support if people know the truth and the truth is that you're grappling with it and it's really weird that you weird uh, weird for me to hear you saying that you weren't open with it because it seemed to me quite obvious from when i met you mm. that there was a reason that you were interested in these issues and it came from a personal place and like i i couldn't go deeper into that at that stage but that that was kind of that was fairly obvious to me but like i i hope you, i hope you don't mind me saying that i think i've said that to you you before like i i didn't think it was the right thing to to be doing but like i entirely understand it. um but you know like i was saying before it's easy for me to, to sit there and say you shouldn't do this yeah. it's very difficult it's very difficult to tell one person let alone to tell hundreds to tell thousands like to tell to tell the world and you you know you have got a big platform um and that's really difficult so i admire you for having taken that step and being more open and i think i think that that is working for you and i think if i'd been smart um i probably would have encouraged you to talk a bit more share share with a few more people earlier on because yeah. i ended up with a lot on my shoulders um and that was really really hard and i think what this whole episode is, has proven you know we're talking back to events that happened five years ago now yeah. um what this event has proven both in the with the people who you've talked to like in detail um and like had hearts to heart with or whatever else and in your wider following, people have been ama like, amazing and receptive. And it's not everyone, no. but there are loads and loads of good people out there. Um, like I say, I'm a huge believer in people. Um, and every time you put something out, you get loads and loads of love back, I think. Um, so that, that's definitely something that I should have done. And I definitely shouldn't have kind of presumed in a probably slightly sort of arrogant way that um i was the only one who would be able to to help because because i'm not i think just yeah I, and so just on that thing about becoming more um uh honest just i think it's important to touch on it and then we'll move back a step but um it was hard because of course at the time that we met then I had, I was only just moving into actually working in, in mental health and making that my career. So, you know, you scooped me up when I'd been working in social media and I came and I was working with you and I was finding my own way and uh, very much a big question mark about could I um, make this thing that was my passion and had been the focus of my studies, could I turn it into my uh, livelihood? And I was having good, you know, there was, there was kind of good early signs, but of course it was even just a few years ago there was a lot less interest and there weren't role models in the 
you know there wasn't there wasn't someone i don't think at the time there was someone that you could point to who could was doing what we may you know now maybe i'm i'm doing now if that makes sense and i was terrified that because i was a mess i was a real mess and 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 i was terrified that you know i literally wrote the books on self harm and eating disorders and yet here i am like bleeding and starving and what kind of a you know how would that harm my credibility and i remember really grappling with that and really feeling deeply ashamed of where i was and feeling i should be able to manage this and therefore feeling i should hide um and pretend to be I, it, it's that, now that all seems yeah there's a lot to unpick there but anyway that was that was the the reluctance i guess i i, I felt i should be able to manage yeah and like and i get that and i suspect there's lots of people whether they're in the field of mental health or not whether they're a parent or like a working or whatever then they they feel like they should be able to manage and that they want to be able to manage and that they want to maintain a veneer for the for the world because that's what yeah. the world's generally kind of looking for and like uh, and it's it's hard to to lower your guard um and i think particularly in the field that you're in but i did feel strongly about that um and you know we talked we talked a lot over the years about um sort of you know the like that west wing story so um how does it go there's a guy there's a guy in a hole and people sort of throw down notes to him and um like throw a bit of food down to him or whatever else and he's still stuck in the hole and then yeah his friend jumps in and says and the guy says now there's two of us in the hole and uh, the other guy says well i've been down here before and i know the way out and i think the reason i, I think that's important is that like you you can't i don't feel you can authentically meet people who are struggling while not being honest about your own struggles like that doesn't feel authentic right true um and i think i think the challenge that you'd sort of got to was that you you were a role model you are a role model um but you're also grappling with the stuff at the at the same at the same time um and that's a really, really difficult place to be. But I do think there is huge power in being able to say, I've been there, or I am still there, or I'm a little further down the road than you are. Um, and let's, let's walk down together. And I think that there is, I don't know, there's talked a lot about richness in relationships, I think. And I just, I can't help thinking that your relationships with people will be richer will have been rich richer over the last five years as a result of having talked more openly about your experience yeah. than being and again like i'm just characterizing for effects but like ms perfect you know written all these books you know incredibly successful all the rest of it but like there's a, that, wow your view of me is so different than my own <laughs> No, but no, 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 no. Like, I, I'm not saying you're perfect. What I'm saying is, you're, <laughs> nice clarification. I'm, I'm not saying you're perfect. I'm saying you presented that, um, and 
that presentation creates a gap between you and whoever you're presenting to. And the very act of presenting is different from an authentic relationship. And I think I think it's really incredibly difficult for you, but like um, whether or whether or not you liked it or whether or not you you feel like you're a role model or felt like you're a role model five years ago, you know, in the office we had uh, younger women who were, you know, eight or nine years younger than you were who would have looked to you whether you like it or not. Um, and that's something that I like that I had to think about and think about how to manage. You got a following. You, you know, you got fa family, like all kinds of people will will look to you whether you whether you like it or not. And I think um, I think one of the great sort of acts of courage that you've shown is to drop that veneer, to be honest, to be honest about the struggle that you have that you've had and so you know the issues you're still dealing with. To, to do this um, and to be able to put that out into the world. And that will give huge confidence and like a feeling to people who, who are out there and feel like they're on their own and who, who's having these experiences and don't see them reflected anywhere else. They'll see someone who is, who has been through those feelings, who is feeling those things that they're feeling who knows what it's like who's been in the hole and i would argue that you're 10 times the role model that you were five years ago as a result thank you i find that hard i find that you know imposter syndrome but did you did you were you always confident it was going to work out okay no no i wasn't because i think because you weren't always there. Like, like I, I don't know. I did, like for the, like for the audience. I don't know how people, how familiar people are with dissociation. It's not something I'm particularly familiar with, uh, or was particularly familiar with. But there were times where I was talking to you, and I was like, I don't know who I'm talking to. But it's not. It's not you, or it's at least not the you that I've got to know over the last six months. <laughs> or a year or whatever, you know, however long, long it was. Um, and I think, like, the really interesting philo philosophical question of, like, who are we? Like, who are we? Because mm. it, was, it was you talking, these words were coming out of your mouth, the, the feelings that you were expressing yeah. were, um, you, like, you, like, were, came from within you. Like, they didn't, I didn't feed them to you. Like, mm. they came from within you. But, it was like talking to, I don't know, like almost like you've been occupied by. See, you see, this is why I say like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get things wrong. But it's like it was like talking to your demons, um, and there were times where it's almost like like shouting, Pookie, if you're in there you know, say something that suggests to me that you are still in there. But like, like some of the times when I've talked to you, I've talked to you and like, it's a hundred percent you. Some of the times when I've talked to you, it's 95% you and 5% demons just occasionally sort of come through. And sometimes when I'm talking to you and it was like 95% demons. Um, How do you manage that? With difficulty, um, but like, 
I think just keep trying to talk to you, if that makes sense. Because um, I think you, the, the very fact that you pick up, you picked up the phone su suggests that they're like the you, the bit of you that wants to survive, yeah. that wants to be a parent, that wants to be this true role model, that wants to be a wife, be a mum, you know, be a family member, be a friend, all of that kind of stuff is still in there. Because mm -hmm. you knew what you were going to get with me every time you pick up the phone, right? Yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. you do what you want to do. Like, you, you knew what my agenda was. My agenda was you're a parent and a wife and a family member and a friend and, and you've got a huge amount to contribute to the world and life is incredibly precious and it is a gift. Um, and when you pick up the phone to me, I'm going to be doing everything I can to to save your life or to play my part in saving your life. So that 5% of you is still in there. Um, and even at 5%, I think is really powerful. And like there were things, there were always things that I knew I could talk to. And again, this is where I don't know whether I was doing the right thing or not, but you know, you seem to have found it useful. So I'll, I'm alive. I'll so. <laughs> yeah, but you're alive. You're alive because ultimately you're alive because you chose to, to live and everyone that loads of people helped, but you, you made that choice. Right. And like, so I, I'm glad to have played my part, but you said you saved your own life. Okay. You did. Um, uh, so I forgot what the question was now. Um, well, so I was, I was trying to talk to you, like the you rather than the demons, and like, yeah. So there were there were there were things that I did to try to speak to you, which I'm not sure would find their way into a mental health textbook. And I think the thing that I would I would encourage anyone who's listening or watching this is like if i'm trying to encourage you not to back off from people who aren't doing well mm -hmm. um but i'm not trying to say that the way that i did it was the right way mm -hmm. um but i think i just tried to talk to you like the five percent of you which was the like the true you and i talked to you about your family um and I talked to you about being a role model. And I think, like, I think I was right. Like, I th and I think it has been borne out in the five years since that you have been able to carve this role for yourself. And this is, this is what we talked about, like, two o'clock in the morning, like, in 2015 or whenever it was. It's like, you can you can get through tonight you can get help and support you can survive you can rebuild you can become this person who is a successful parent a successful family member a successful friend and i mean successful is not a good word but yeah a good parent family member um person but also that you can be a role model and that one day 
young people and young women in particular, I would imagine will come to you and be where you were and you will be an inspiration to them and a support and you will help them on their journey. Um, and I think on some level that appealed to you, like that vision of a life where it wasn't, every day wasn't so gut-wrenching um, and having a good and happy life and caring about the people around you and making a difference in the world. Like I just tried to keep, just keep hitting on that. And also when the demons talking, were talking, telling them they're talking rubbish and like, and challenging every single untruth. That and there were quite they, a lot of them, they, weren't there? <laughs> there were, yeah, there were a lot of them, but like, I mean, I think, that that's that's one of the that's one of the real challenges when one's mental health isn't right is that to some degree the mind starts to turn in on itself and there there are all kinds of um like falsehoods that are really really like pernicious damaging um uh, like uh, and once an idea is planted, it, you know, it, it works its way around and gets deeply, deeply embedded. But I think part of my job was to, was to try to challenge some of those. Um, and then, and then to try to, to get you to a point where you were getting the professional help that you, you needed. So again, like, I don't want to give the impression that I think that I am a therapist or a mental health expert or anything like that at all. I don't, I'm not. Um, I, sometimes it's about just keeping you company, but sometimes it's about just kind of appealing you, appealing to you to just keep going with the, with the process. Um, and that's what, you know, that's what, that's what you did. But no, like the, I, I, was mentally prepared for you not surviving as mentally prepared as one can be. And I mean, surely like, isn't there part of you then that just wanted to walk away? I mean, this was a friendship that you put so much, like you invested a lot of your, well, everything into that and you weren't getting a lot back. I mean, why would you carry on with that? Cause it's a life, isn't it? Like, it's, it's so like life is so precious and once it's gone it's gone you know like I mean you know that um my best friend died uh, a couple of years ago and he would have given anything to live anything like I like could give him all the money in the world like like there's nothing he would have wanted but to live yeah. um He's got to, like, he had two kids as well, like, um, and the idea of, the, you know, them not having their father around, you know, it's, like, it's heartbreaking, heartbreaking to see that. Um, and, we, you know, we've all known people who've, who've died and who, like, died before their time. And, like, it's a, yeah, like I say, it's a life. And I just, 
like, I, I said to you before, I love people. I think people are so special and so precious. Um, and uh, look, I, I mean, I think it, but it's not just your life. You know, the the impact of you losing your life would have been um, very, very damaging for a large number of people, particularly the people who are kind of closest to you. Um, and I also believe that you could come through it. And the fact that you, you kept picking up the phone on some level showed me that there was a bit of you that, that wanted to come through it. Um, and that it, maybe sometimes it was 95% demons, but it was, it was never 100%. Um, uh, and did I, did I want to walk, did I want to walk away? Yeah. Cause sometimes cause, I, cause it was really hard and like you weren't easy. Um, and it's a fairly sort of thankless task. And I remember it being a lot of that being during a particularly challenging time in my own life. Um, not anything like on the same scale, like, um, and that's, you know, that's hard, but I go back to, it's a life and you're a precious and special person. And here we are five years later, look at everything that you've done. Um, and I think, you know, it's definitely worth it and definitely the right thing to do. And, and I think you're just getting started. Um, and I think it can have a multiplier effect as well. And I think this is, this is what I ask of you, like if, like if you feel I've given anything to you, what I ask of you is like, use it. Now, like you've got this amazing platform to help and support and change people's lives and break cycles um, and to jump in a hole with people and walk with them and i don't mean like obviously i don't mean literally but i don't mean but i mean it may not be that you get you're in a position where you're supporting people one-to-one -one is what i mean like that might not be the path that you go down but through the act of telling your story um you know there's lots of people who are in a similar boat or in a position like you were in five years or ten years or you know however long ago um and I think that's that's an like incredible opportunity that you've got, and I feel really proud to have played a small part in in helping that. Um, but like, it's not for me to to tell you how to to live your life. Um, and like, it might it might be that at some stage you decide I don't want to do anything in relation to mental health or whatever else. And that's absolutely <laughs> fine. But the other day you said to me that you were, I think you said something like that you were feeling guilty, or like that, like all all the stuff that I, I kind of, I that you'd asked of me or whatever else. And the one thing I don't want you to do <laughs> is to waste your time feeling guilty or spend time sort of turned inwards like but i put you through hell like that that's the thing i, I when I, I i guess i never i i never really necessarily stop and think about it very much because it was a really hard time and i was really you know really it was really difficult in lots of ways and there was you know feeling suicidal there was a lot of self-harm anorexia was 
very challenging at various points of dissociation even just that was was difficult I remember when I was working at the PSHE association I had to have the address programmed into my phone because sometimes I would suffer with dissociation and doing that same walk that I did every single day I would become completely lost in an entirely familiar place because my brain was so you know and and you were there all the time and you were there and not only were you just there and helping to keep me safe but you like ran towards that distress in like a really really big way like for me a kind of particular memories as of crying and crying and crying in the British Library with you when I finally I think I'd been to see Matt my therapist hadn't I and had kind of I finally I don't know something had shifted and I began to really talk about and connect with some feelings about some old trauma and instead of just trying to comfort me or make me feel better you actually did what I really needed at that time which was to make a really safe space for me to explore it further and let it hurt more and I don't know but that can't I mean you know we were sat in a busy place and but you did that kind of thing a lot you sat with me when I would eat when I hadn't eaten for a long time and that was really hard and you would you know I can't look at a McFlurry without thinking of you and crying over my, you know like, like, it wasn't fun times was it <laughs> no but like it's, I mean, the thing is, it's fun times now, and I mean, I think that's the that's the point, right? That you're you're on a, a particular particularly dark point, but five years on, you know, you're you're doing really well. Like the family's doing well. You're showing more and more leadership to more and more people, um, and no, I mean, like. It's an investment. I'd like. It was. It was horrible. Like, it was. It was horrible. It was horrible for you. Um, it was still horrible for me, though. Like, obviously, at like a hundred times less. But I, I didn't like it. Um, it's exhausting. Like, like I say, kind of thankless task. Um, you, like, <laughs> spend. I spend a lot of time on the phone, and then like the next day, like I felt like I got somewhere, and it's like one step forward, eighteen steps back, and like, um, but like it, it's it it's worth it, right? It's it's worth it for your family, your friends, all of that, all of that kind of stuff, but also to be a role model to make a difference in the world, um, and I think like there's been there's been a bit of kind of recovery from for me um and kind of getting myself back um to being in a position where you know maybe i'll be able to support someone else uh in a similar way not again like not in a clinical way and that's not for me to do and also i wouldn't want to support anyone again where I was sort of thinking, well, look, I'm one of only one or two people or whatever can do it. Like, I don't think that's healthy or the right way to go, but to play my part. Um, you know, I, I, I think I needed a little break afterwards. Um, and, you know, we talked about it and I think we probably had a bit of a break from one another. Um, and that obviously that doesn't mean I'm not on the end of the phone or, you know, don't care about you or whatever else but you know it's like just a difficult kind of experience 
um, but I just think, God, you know, it's so, so precious, and and there's so much good to be to be done with it, and you know, like, and I, I think of Andy, you know, my friend who passed away, um, you know, what he would have given for life, and think about the people who, you know, like who's for whom like that pain's just been too overwhelming it's been too much um and you know and you can't be in a position to help like i think you were just you were just enough there um that um you know that i could be one part of helping you to turn that corner um but but like i think you did it and I th and it, like it's very nice the way you sort of the way you talk about us yeah. but but you did it because at the end of the day like I didn't have that churn inside me I didn't have that pain I don't have those demons like you you had to you had to live with that and it was terrible like there were times where just being was terrifying and extraordinarily excruciatingly painful for you um, and I think you should be really proud to survive that um, and I think like you did that I think because of your family and because of the people you can help and support and that was an extraordinary act of love on your part um, so I think you should feel good about that thank you you know, I talk about you all the time. Like, this is one of the other okay. reasons I wanted to um, ask you to come and talk about this because I, I, I think it is really important that people understand that they, there is a lot that they can do to help and that there is a really important role there for, for friendship. And also, I do talk about you as a boss as well. You were a really brilliant um, boss um, at that time yeah well uh, thanks i mean like so I, I, I don't know whether i was or was or whether i was doing too like doing too much and like I, like i get i get nervous about you sort of talking about what i like talking about me the whole time because i like because i genuinely don't know what whether yeah. i do, what i was doing was the right thing or or not um i mean this this story does have a does have a happy ending so that that's <laughs> yeah you know, that's that's good. Um, I don't know whether it was the right thing or not. And, like, and I think the textbook would almost certainly say that you should detach the professional support from the personal support and all of that kind of stuff. But sometimes, like, like, I kind of feel like if I saw someone's house on fire and there was someone stuck in the house, I'd want to go into the house and I wouldn't really think too much about mm. what the sort of guide like what the guidelines were and what the sort of professional boundaries are and all of that kind of stuff i think i think we're human beings first i guess is what i would like to say and i would whatever i do sort of professionally in my life i don't want to lose my humanity yeah um and i would rather be a decent human being than be like a detached professional um and that seems to have sort of worked through my career but i'm sure that 
there's plenty of people who would say that that's not the right way to go and who would watch this conversation and think mm, don't think he did that did that quite right um but and and i know that i didn't do it right and i know that lots of mistakes i made along the way and i know that there were times where i got frustrated and irritated and my my feelings took over um which was which was wrong um but i'm proud that i didn't back away and i think that that's the like that's the single biggest thing that i'd want anyone who is listening or watching or thinking about it just to say it's like even if you can't get the words right even if you don't know how to do it just saying like i don't know what the right thing to do is yeah. but i'm i'm here and i i'm i'm not scared of what you're saying i'm not judging you for what you're saying i am with you um i think that opens up all kinds of different different avenues um for strong relationship for people to feel like they're loved and that's not that's that's not the whole of it like professional clinical support is crucial but just that love that love might be a bit of a turning point to get someone to go to therapy or to go to like one of the you know one of the, like that center that we took you to at that Matry, state yeah. Matry, yeah which is like an amazing place and they do like they've done amazing things and like um i've supported people to go there a couple of times and i, I think that's a fantastic place and they do the hard work but just getting someone to the front door like you could i think it's not unreasonable that friends and family members couldn't couldn't help people who are really struggling just to get to the front door yeah so it's um, a suicide respite uh, center where you go and stay for a few days and, and actually getting me to the front door was tough wasn't it i think that was at a point when i hadn't left the house for weeks um i was very very scared of the whole world and in a really dark place which is why i needed to go there but yeah yeah, yeah. um so like i i wouldn't I think yeah I think maybe that's why I've been worried about this like I don't want to give you the sense um that it's the job of the friend to like fix like it's not first it's the job of the person who's struggling and as I've said to you throughout this and always ultimately the hard work's with you but that hard work should take place in a professional context yeah. but like the the support and love around that professional context and getting people to the front door. Yeah. I think that is something, I don't think that is beyond most people. Um, I think even just on a practical level though, I mean, you were always very encouraging of me um, in terms of actually attending my therapy and leaning into it as well, because I think it's one thing to turn up and another thing to like really show up and you encouraged me with that. But you've also just, uh, not just you obviously, uh, Tom, my husband, helped with this too, but it was very difficult for me to work through the really hard stuff in therapy, and I wasn't safe afterwards always, and actually I knew that you were there, or Tom was there if I needed it afterwards, and you would sometimes physically be there, or you'd be on the phone, or you'd help me plan, um, so that, you know, and even just on a practical level, actually, that that's very, very helpful. Yeah, and look, I mean, 
that, like as I recall, you're taking some of that support in central London, and like it was pretty straightforward to come and to come and meet you and like put you on a train or you know sort of get you on your way home and know that those are kind of risky risky moments for you and like vulnerable moments. Um, I just to say that I think there was a lot more hard work that um, Tom needed to to do, and frankly, you know much higher stakes for him as well um and I, he's he's one of the nicest people i've ever met i've, all, I've always liked him a great great deal he's a good man um and that would have been like that would have been really really hard for him um because yeah. like because everything is kind of bound up in that um but maybe like sometimes with a friend there's the space to like i don't know um say say things where it's not quite as high stakes and not quite as important if like if the person did you know if the friend did say oh well that's a terrible thing to say you shouldn't share that with anyone else I, and obviously i never did that and people won't do that but i can understand when you've kept things inside for a long time you're nervous about sharing them so having someone you can share with i think is a is a good thing even if they're not like the central um person in your in your life um so i think i like i like the idea of team and i think i played my part i think uh i i we've we've talked about matt i've never met him but he sounds to me like a very very good professional like at the top of his profession and i think you got the right person there um and you like you made a good choice for your husband as well he's, like, he's a great guy and i know that you've got loads of other friends and family around and like everyone plays their part in their t in the team um uh, and i think i i'm proud to have played my part but also it's the team around the person and the person is the one who's doing the really really hard work um and that's you yeah well, well, I think the the thing you, you've kind of mentioned a couple of times that really stuck with me and that I still think of now, um, because it's not like, you know, so it has a happy ending, but this is very much, you know, it's not where it was, but it's still, I work hard all the time uh, to stay well. And, um, but the thing you taught me was choose love. And I remember you saying that and um, yeah, everything's a choice all the time and choose love um, was is, is something that's kept me safe on more than one occasion. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, you have talked about being a, a, a little worried about people, you know, you might not have always done the right thing, but I think that what you, you always did, um, and I wouldn't, I don't, I don't, I, I think, you know, I, I'm here and I'm incredibly grateful to you and I, I can't remember enough of the detail, to be honest, to kind of pick it apart and analyse it, but I was, you know, I am incredibly grateful to you, but the thing that you brought above all else was that you were human in every situation, so there were many times, I know there are times where actually, you know, there were events, um, but there were many, many, many other times when I had a very clear plan, when I reflect on various parts of my journey, when I'm amazed that I made it through the day because I would have put myself at such high risk if I was assessing myself now. Um, and yet there was something, you know, a connection, a conversation, something that was said um, that just brought me back into being with people. And sometimes that was you, sometimes it's someone else, but it, you know, many times it was me. So thank you. I'm sorry. I, I didn't come up with the choose love thing myself. That's uh, one of many 
of my bits of fortune cookie wisdom that I borrow off others, um, other brands. Um, like, I love that cheese love store, by the way. Like this, they got such good, they got such good stuff in there. Um, but yeah, like you, yeah, like wisdom is often sort of borrowed rather than stuff you come up with direct. The only, the only other thing I think it's worth sort of mentioning is like you said, you know, things aren't as they were, and it has been very painful. But we also, we always talked about that Japanese pottery, didn't we? Like, what do they call it? Kinsuri or something? Uh, yeah. Where the pottery breaks and then they use this lovely sort of golden glue stuff to put it back together. And that it is, as a result, the, the sort of, the fixed version of the pottery is more beautiful than it was when it started. And it is different. And you can see the lines where it's been broken, mm. um, but it is, it is be, it, like it is absolutely beautiful that that pottery, and I think it it is a, a, an amazing way to to kind of see the world. Like the the like you can't just push the pain away, and you can't fix everything that's going to happen in the past. But I think what you've shown is that you can build a really really good life and a rich life and i think it's getting richer all the time and like it, this conversation you're being open like being continued you'll continue to be open with people who are telling me um about sort of speaking really open openly to someone the other day like and the more that you do that the more that richness and that that sort of beauty of life will come through and that you will find people who've had common experiences not uh, not the same experience but have had painful experiences and yeah you're there will be a sort of new and different type of beauty in the world but i do think it will be more authentic is more authentic and less like presentational um than that than it has been and i think that that's that's worth like it's all worth it um and I hope that you would agree with that. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Good. Yeah, and thank you. What, what Do you have any closing thoughts? This is where you say something really deep and meaningful. Didn't I say anything deep and meaningful already? The last hour is just like, just run it. <laughs> No, you said a lot of deep and meaningful stuff, but you know, I'm a psychologist, primacy and recency effect. People always remember the last thing that you said. So what's the thing you want to leave in people's minds as we close this quite tricky conversation? Um, I don't know, like when, uh, so, so yesterday before we did this, you uh, tweeted that we were going to do it and uh as you always do when you tweet like you got loads of likes and retweets and all the rest of it but you also got people reply and you know because you uh asked me in i like, saw all the replies and um there were people who were saying i wish i'd seen i wish i'd seen the signs um how do you sort of protect yourself like like lots of lots of kind of 
difficulty and unknown and challenge around confronting this issue. Um, and all I would say is that you're like as a friend or a supporter or whatever else, you're not a clinician. It's not your job to to fix it. You can't fix it. Um, ultimately, only the person can fix it with support from really, really skilled professionals. Like that's the only way to really, really sort of fix it. And as we discussed before, it's not fixing so much as kind of getting into a new normal and surviving and like life, life will never be perfect. But I think with love, you can help people turn the corner and love means not backing away. And you'll find your own way to do it um and it might be that you you need to ask a question like i want to be here to support you i want to love you tell me how i can help and it may be that you just need to follow instructions but if you can if you can find it within yourself not to back away that very act will mean so much i would imagine to the other person so try Let's try.